Hello and welcome to Mentors Coaching FM, the show that helps you tame the business beast and build a marketing machine so that you can focus on helping your clients get the transformation you promise. I'm Gail Seymour, founder of Mentors Coaching, the results-oriented growth platform where learning providers of all stripes can create and deliver courses and programs that handle scheduling, payments and delivery all in one place with no monthly fee. Just a simple, low commission structure that means if you don't earn, you don't pay. Hello, my lovelies, and today we have a special treat. We have Zoe Fraggle with us, who is an organizational psychologist with a master's in human resource management. And she's currently working on her PhD at Pantheon University here in Greece. So you're very, very lucky to actually get this interview because we could very easily have just spent the whole time talking about how much we love Greece and being by the sea. So we're very, very lucky to get this this um but you're sorry you're doing your masters in the psychometrics of corporate culture and so today we're, we're going to talk about something that is it's it's quite I don't know whether I would say close to my heart or a bit of a trigger point but it, it, we're going to be talking about the whole issue of toxic positivity but before we get into that I'd really like you to just share a few minutes just just tell us who you are where you are what you're doing now and how you got there so just a little bit of your story if you would perfect Gail for us thank you very much for having me over it's a real honor and a pleasure uh, like you've already said I am Zoe I'm an organizational psychologist and a business coach so basically what I do is I'm a psychologist for business so when a company has a kind of issue with uh uh, they need extra training or they, they might need some crisis management or a team building activity because they're trying to bring the staff closer. Then they bring you on board and they provide this kind of services. At the same time, I have coaching clients globally all over the world and they come to me for soft skills training or burnout management or anything career related that they're not in a position to manage themselves at that particular moment. And I really like it. <laughs> I live in Greece, like you've said, which is very, very beautiful. Not today necessarily, it's raining, but overall, I would say it's a safe bet. So if anybody thinks about moving here, we'll be very happy to have you. <laughs> Excellent. Right. So as I say, I really want to sort of dig into the, the whole issue of toxic positivity because I've, I've seen a lot of it post-COVID. I think it's become much more of an issue than I think there's always been an undercurrent, especially in, in corporate life, where there's an expectation of resilience and positivity that can get taken to extremes. So how do you, first of all, how do you feel about that sort of thing? Is it something that you resonate with? For starters, it's a subject that I, I personally started becoming interested in confinement, the first confinement with COVID. And the reason is that until that point, I can't say that I had noticed it. And the reason I hadn't noticed it, not as a researcher or a psychologist, but also as a human being, is because like many, many other people, me, myself also never had the time to notice it around us. 
but then suddenly we had to embrace the void of being home alone. And then what I started realizing is that the media, the internet, the social media, they were started portraying an image of confinement almost as if we're talking about paid vacation. And instead of everyone, you know, acknowledging how hard the situation is and how stressed we are, we didn't know how long we're going to be confined. We didn't know when we're going to see our friends or our family. And if we're going to get sick, what that, does this mean? And people were dying all over the world. So in case, instead of actually helping us validate our emotions of stress and agony, there was this entire brainwashing propaganda of you're at home, you have so much free time, why didn't you learn Mandarin? And uh, why don't you exercise more? Why didn't you write a book? You need to be productive. And even on TikTok, there were so many videos making fun of this stuff about people that were mentally almost collapsing. And at the same time, they were feeling this urge where these, uh, you know, they were feeling forced to be productive. And that's when I first started thinking about it and reading about it and researching more. And after a while, I started writing myself about the subject and researching it on my own. And basically, when we talk about toxic positivity, this is what we're talking about. A situation where in order to be positive, you need to not validate your true emotions and you need to suppress your true emotions of a situation, no matter how objective bad the situation might be, because for some reason, your spirituality is, should be above all these and you should maintain your mood. And so having recognized this, um, what can we do about it? For starts, we need to start doubting it. The fact that everyone tells you that you should be positive doesn't mean anything. It's like we are all people trying to manage ourselves. And most of the times we just can't afford mentally and physically to at the same time manage other people. Therefore, just because everyone is doing it, you shouldn't be doing it as well. Validate your true emotions. If you're stressed, there's a reason you're stressed. If you're angry, there's a reason you're angry. And especially anger, it's such a powerful emotion that needs to change. And when we suppress this anger, all we get instead of positive change, because we didn't, we, we did everything we had to do so that we wouldn't have to find ourselves in the same situation again, what we get is most of the times psychosomatic symptoms. The negative emotions, when you don't express them, they don't just disappear. Just because you choose to be positive about something you're actually feeling negative, it doesn't make this bad energy go in the universe, it stays inside you. So instead of being exporting the environment and manage in a healthy way, it turns into something worse. It can, it can turn into resentment. It can turn into hate. It can turn into headaches or, uh, you know, acne very, very often and different uh, like problems with sleep. So many different uh, psychosomatic manifestations of uh, negative emotions. Therefore, there's a reason we need to express them. Then another thing is um, meta feelings. That has to do with the feelings we have for our own feelings. So I might be stressed, I might be angry, but if I feel okay about the fact that I'm feeling stressed and angry, then I will find also a way to manage these emotions. But imagine that for my sadness, I also feel guilt or being angry makes me feel weak and pathetic. These kind of emotions are adding up to the already negative emotions that I have. And as a result, that also makes my situation worse. So I would say number one is 
acknowledge your feelings, acknowledge the situation, and don't try to hide away from it. Positive psychology shouldn't have to do with always being positive. It has to do with no matter what's going on, I have faith in myself that I will find a way to figure it out. Excellent. And so you you started to, you know, I, I'm glad you started to list some of the, the psychosomatic symptoms that that people should be on the lookout for. Um, is there anywhere that we can maybe see a list of the things that we should be looking for? Is there any kind of resource that you can point people to that, that can help them with these Mm-hmm. Acknowledge, but the, the acknowledgement of the, the feelings and, and the symptoms to look out for in general. Okay, the fun fact, and it's something that most people don't even understand, is that pretty much everything can have a psychosomatic root. I've had uh, patients, clients, that they were having a fever for over a year and it ended up being psychosomatic. The moment that they made a significant change in their life, they never had fever again but they were having actual fever every day for one year. And they were doing all the physical tests, they were going to doctors and they couldn't find anything being wrong with themselves. So coughing can be psychosomatic, fever can be psychosomatic. Very significant research that tries to correlate cancer with psychosomatic roots as well. Therefore, basically everything that's not functioning in you can be psychosomatic. Having said that, we always begin by checking the physical aspect of the symptoms. But then if you can't find anything uh, physical that's rationalizing and explaining your uh, emotional state, then you need to start looking within. Also, another thing is that most of the people, mentally, they do know what's stressing them or what's making them angry or what's making them guilty. So they try to put it inside and they try to bury it, but most of the times they actually know what's the situation that's harming them. It's just that instead of experiencing this emotion, what they do is that they only process it logically, they hide away the emotion, and then this emotion is what manifests in the psychosomatic symptom. And so if you were saying so you're talking mostly to coaches at this point so that most of the people listening are in that sort of coaching environment and so if if you were a coach and you have somebody in front of you who you think is experiencing symptoms because of toxic positivity what are some of the ways that you might be able to help that person to acknowledge and move through what they're actually feeling and what's really stressing them. I think that you need to find a way to make them understand their true emotional situation. Like many coaching clients are a little too afraid to push back, to you know put the client in a situation that they have to see themselves for who they are in their real situation. So when they are in a, in a, a context like this, where they're being too positive to the point that they have toxic positivity and that's harming them, they need to understand that they're harming themselves and they need to understand what they're hiding from. Otherwise, this will never get better. And people are amazing in deflecting, you know. The more you leave them, they can be doing it for life. And there are people that have extreme experience in that because they were taught from their own families how to do that. So they've been doing it even from being kids. Therefore, they won't just change if we don't coach them towards that direction. 
And that's also why we've been trained. And that's why, suppose the coach should, should know how to do that. That's why we're going to schools all these years. Yeah, yeah I, I just think, you know, because it's such um, such an endemic problem at the moment that, that you've got this whole push towards resiliency. Um, and so I, I just wonder how, as a as an industry that we can we can really tackle this on a on a broader level as well that to how do we collectively push it back against this mood of as you say it's almost like gaslighting the whole population into believing that you know they've, they've yeah, got the to be <laughs> many sorry but at the same time many coaches are gaslighting their own clients because there's an important difference resilience is not about uh, not being sad and not being angry. Resilience is about not crying over the spilled milk. I can be angry, I can be sad, I can be scared and still show up and still be consistent and still do what I have to do in order to get where I want to be. I don't have to gaslight my own self in the process. Therefore, if a coach feels at one point that they can't help a client because, for example, they're not trained enough or they don't know how to process it's okay, send them somewhere else. There are also psychologists, there are also psychiatrists. You, we don't have to handle everything on, my, on our own. Me personally, if I don't feel like, uh, for example, a client, they come to me for business coaching, they come to me for business psychology, and I do have a clinical license, but I'm not trained as a clinical psychologist. I can work with child trauma. So the moment something like that starts manifesting, I'm like, okay, we've achieved our goals together. You got your promotion, everything. At this point, you need to go deeper very happy to introduce someone. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> because I think sometimes it, it's it's all part of the same sort of acknowledging limitations that, you know, in the same way that we, we're pushed into feeling that you, we, we have to put a positive face on, we have to be positive, we have to be resilient. I think sometimes you, you can get the pressure to to feel as though you have to have all the answers to everybody's problem when realistically, if you're specializing or if you're in a coaching environment, as you say, it's it's not a therapeutic environment. So you do need to know when to pass that, pass that on to somebody who, who is in a, a more suitable position. I would say that in this world, knowing your limitations might be more important than knowing your strengths. Because knowing when I need to ask for help or when I need to say, sorry, this isn't for me, it can help you so much from not finding yourself into situations that might expose you or into situations that might challenge you in a negative way. And in the end, it might be even more important not to find yourself into bad environments or environments that you can't manage than finding yourself in the appropriate managers. Because, you know, from not growing, it's bad, but it's not extremely bad. It's not as bad as being harmed. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. So if somebody wanted to connect with you, what's the best way to, to do that? Well, I'm a proud millennial, so you can find me everywhere. <laughs> TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Of course, LinkedIn is by, by all means my professional means, and I'm very active there. And I also have a website fragozoe.com excellent and so i'll get those details from you and i'll put them into the show notes so that anybody listening can connect with you from wherever they're listening 
And so the last question that I always ask everybody, is there anything that you wanted to say or share that I didn't ask you? Okay, this is a common question that I get. And every time I try to get inspired from what's happening to me at that particular moment. So since we talked about resilience, I think that it's important to understand that things take time. And this time that things take, most of the times have nothing to do with us. It might have to do with other people or context or bureaucracy or protocols. But taking everything personally is just going to drive us crazy because nine out of 10, it's not personal. Everybody has so much going on in their own lives that they don't have any room to occupy with what's going on with us. It almost never has to do with us. <laughs> yeah, that I have to say, it's, it's such a, it's a resonant answer when you when here in Greece in particular when you say it has to do with bureaucracy <laughs> everything, oh, yeah. everything is going to take so much longer yes. than you think if you didn't <laughs> if you didn't guess it I had a very difficult morning running to services <laughs> and you're quite right I mean we we are we're all just trying to get through our own days in so many ways you know we, we're trying to get through and process what's going on and everything and so yeah I think it, it does pay to remember that other people are in that same position and they're processing their own stuff so when things go wrong it is like you say it's not about you <laughs> it's, it's very, yes. rare, very rarely about you anyway exactly <laughs> it's it's more to do with what's going on for somebody else as well Zoe that's it's been an absolute joy to talk to you um I'm going to sign off now if you have any last words just to, to sign off before we... Uh, basically, I just want to say to everyone, uh, Merry Christmas. It's coming on the way and uh, Happy New Year. This is the perfect time for you to start organizing your goals and start setting up your agendas for the new year. So make it a good one. You know, Don't be afraid to set high goals, even if they seem very far away right now. You, you've got to dream it if you want to actually do it. Excellent. Thank you very much.